time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gore and More podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me today is the mad Cuban himself, Peter Anthony. What's going on? And the very talented Riley Lorden. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, man. So we got a lot to talk about today, but before we get into that, it's time for the slice of fucking life. What'd you guys do this week, Peter? Um, I had my, um, my son's first birthday party, and that's pretty getting advanced on therapy. I'm ahead of the therapy. So that's, that's my boring life. Just uh, trying to be ahead of each, each day of what I'm supposed to do for therapy. Just got back to work, which sucks. So that's basically it. Nothing crazy. What about you, Riley? Uh, well, my birthday was last week, so I was kind of squeezing in events around that. Um, went and looked at apartments. So I'm moving in with my fiance. How about that? Fiance. Yeah. And, uh, I went to a Texans game on Sunday. That's pretty exciting. They lost, but it was, it was nice anyway. It was nice anyway. (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) Okay, so first question. This will uh, start with Peter. Talk about how you guys met and how this whole project got started. Uh, Matt, we talked about this before. We we never we didn't really meet, but we kind of knew of each other. And then he um, when there was uh, that little drama with Steve Dash online, me and Riley talked a little bit about that. He asked if I had a comment on it. And uh, we didn't. We didn't. You know, we didn't want to make a comment. We want Steve to do his own deal, handle his own self, which he definitely could. <laughs> um, and then from there on, we kind of just, I don't know, we're friendly going back and forth. And like I said, a million times that I meant it, I always liked their show, um, especially because I was a huge Friday the 13th, the game fan. And I had my own tournaments and those guys always had shit like fucking a week or two before anybody else had it. So I'm like, how do they know all this shit? So um, I would always watch their podcast on what was out coming, what, what was coming up, what was coming out. Uh, the maps, all that stuff like that. So I actually knew of him before he knew I knew of him. Um, and then I guess with with Vengeance, we started getting together with promotions. And then all of a sudden he talked about a movie. I told these guys all the time I was mad. He vaguely talked about their movie. And then, boom, I wake up one day and they got a fucking Kickstarter going on on Facebook. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know. So from there, he um, he asked me to be part of it. Um, I backed them and then uh, I got cast as the role and the rest is history once I come back. Anything to expand on there? Uh, no, Peter pretty much hit on the head there. Uh, I basically, I reached out to everyone that was involved when that Steve Dash drama happened, and Peter was the one that was on top of it. So we hit it off right away. And yeah, we, then we asked, yeah, got us involved with that that documentary surrounding Steve's family, and we just kept working together from there. That is awesome. So the trailer dropped last month. Can you talk about everything that went into the production of that and has... And what has some of the feedback been that you received from fans, uh, Riley? Yeah, so we did a nine day shooting block that's all surrounded in that trailer. And that was supposed to we were trying to get the whole film into that block, which if anyone that's had experience with film, like getting that much because it's a 90 page, well, 80 page script now jumping over 90 pages as we go into this new Indiegogo, um, that that's a lot to squeeze into nine days. And it's, it was it would prove to be very difficult. Everyone staying up super late and getting up early again the next day. Uh, so it was a really hectic production, but it went pretty well other than Peter's injury, uh, which is why we're gonna have, we'll have Peter come back out. And I'm sure he'll expand on that later. Um, 
but yeah, in terms of the trailer, we were extremely nervous for it. We ended up premiering it uh, at Scarefest for fans, and it was supposed to premiere up in New Jersey. Just technical difficulties happened uh, in that mix. Uh, but we were we saw it so many times before it went out that it got to the point where like, is this even good anymore? <laughs> it gets to that point where you watch it so many times. It's like, man, is this even good anymore? But the reactions so far have been, I mean, amazing. I, I couldn't have asked for better feedback and pretty much the, it's been consistently that people are enjoying it enjoying where we seem to be going with the story. Uh, the only issues we really had is that we've heard people. It's just the music that was used in the trailer, which we knew was a risk when we did it. And I could say for anyone that was like, curious about that if that's a the tone we're taking for the film itself it's not that just fit well into the trailer we have a professional composer cj johnson coming in and doing a proper harry manfredini like score for the film my only my um to elaborate on that is riley called me up um right before a couple days before the trailer dropped and said you know there's there's a certain line in, in a couple lines in the movie where i'm outside of a bar and i say these lines and he wanted me to say the lines right now like on this mic form you give me what like a day <laughs> he's like you gotta get these done so i went upstairs ran got it done i didn't even know he was going to use that much of it but he used a ton of it and i like that second half of the trailer is, is my voice so i was happy it came out pretty good oh it really did uh the trailer really is a uh, premium so what was your experience working with mma fighter jonathan ivy peter Man, that guy is fucking awesome. Um, I didn't even know they were like friends with the guy. And I, you know, I, I when he said Jonathan Ivey, I didn't know the name. But once I looked him up, I, I seen him a million times on YouTube with fights and stuff like that. He likes to do little antics and stuff like that. Guy has like 150 fights. And how old is he, Riley? My age? A little older? Uh, I believe he's 43. That's me. So, yeah, so he's 40, 43. So, so he's a guy. He's coming down to the bar. He came with his crew. Two guys. They were awesome. Um and uh, they hung out at the bar. We talked about fights, talked about his fight with Sham- Ken Shamrock, talked about a million different things. Guy couldn't be nicer. He's like the nicest guy ever. V- very Christian guy. And then when we came to the fight scene, he was badass as fuck. He was in my face. His breath was up my nose. <laughs> and like I said before, uh, when you see that scene, I, I know people are going to say, well, Pete, you were hurt and you did the scene and, and it was pretty brave, whatever. But th- he fucking sold it, man. I mean, he was like WWE with that shit. Um, he let me throw a punch literally with a broken arm. My arm wasn't even working inch from his fucking face multiple times. Let me throw him over a table multiple times. And he sold it. You're going to think that was a straight out fight. Like we started fighting on film. So yeah. and, and I don't care how good I did. It doesn't work unless he sells it. You know, it is like with wrestling. Yeah. So he, he deserves everything he got from that. I mean, he probably got hurt kicking that chair a couple times, Riley, when he <laughs> fell. Yeah. So he, he's uh, above and beyond better, nicer, cooler, and, and even more badass than I even thought he'd be. That's just dead honest. Yeah, he, he's amazing. Uh, you know, there's nothing more, I don't know, exciting for, as a film director when somebody in your cast comes in 100% prepared and just as excited, if not more excited than you are on the day. And like John was that. He was so pumped for that scene. And if he, yeah. he was one of those where if he messes up, he would, he would get like mad at himself because he didn't want to hold anyone else back. Like, John, you're good. You're doing yeah. great. Uh, we really like meeting John in the first place was cool because he happened to be a fan of our show. And I'm a huge huge MMA fan. So I knew exactly who John was. So the fact that he reached out and was a fan of ours was the coolest thing in the world. So knowing that and now having that connection, like we had to get him involved. I'm so glad we did because that is like one of my favorite scenes that we've done so far. Fuck. Yeah. That is yeah, such it, a cool addition. 
to the cat. And and to add on, just you have it just works like like you guys are saying, it's two super high energy guys, and it it just fucking works. You know what I'm saying? Like his, his energy is it's very rare somebody has as much energy as me during the day, and he's just real calm. He's like, remember, remember uh Riley? He's like, All right, man, you know what we're gonna do here, man. We're gonna do this, man. We're gonna be like and then he just turns into a fucking maniac. So it was just it's fucking awesome. We fed off each other. There's a video I want to give Riley. Of me and him before I launch them, where we're talking about one step, two, lean forward. When I tap you here, you let go. I don't think you've seen that, Riley. Have you? I, I there's so many behind the scenes videos. I'm sure. Yeah. Stuff. So it just like us working together. I think it'd be great for behind the scenes. So yeah, he's he's just fucking awesome. The guy. Nothing else you could say. Hell yeah. So, what is your favorite set story uh, from the fall of Camp Blood so far? Do you want to go first, Peter? Uh, yeah, I don't. I was only there. Well, I was there a couple of days. Um, set story. Well, we got the funny outtake one when I ran into the the wood. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. So should I say it or leave it for the outtake? Yeah, you could say it. that doesn't hurt anything. Yes. Yeah, so I went into the garage, um, this big barn, and I'm supposed to look for the light on the left. And I ran into a piece of wood and fucking groin. I said, "Oh my fucking dick!" And they got it on tape. <laughs> we all started laughing. They used it like at the outtakes. Um, that I mean, honestly, the whole thing was great. These guys are young. I'm an old dude, so just being around them and, and partying and drinking and just every night being fun. Them, he took us out, Riley, to uh, what was the name of that place? That Mexican place? Dos Amigos. Dos Amigos. On the way to Dos Amigos, I get pulled over by a cop. So I thought I'd get arrested, right? <laughs> you sent Nick back to get me. So just, just a lot of things. Uh, then me get hurt and pushing through it. And then the last scene on the dock there and just just awesome stuff. It, it was a great time. Like 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 Riley says, when you're in it, it sucks because it's late nights. And I was, you know, the, the last day I couldn't even put my contacts in. I had to hold my arm to put my contacts in and shit. But when looking back, it was great. I think it's going to be even better when I come back now. And then us doing the Indiegogo with that scene that we're trying to do. I think that scene will make the movie. Okay. Hey, there's a there's a million different stories. I think the the most exciting thing that will stick with me forever was working with Jonathan Ivy and being able to take over this bar for the day as just a bunch <laughs> of small town filmmakers and just uh, just yeah just to just to do that and experience that was cool. Uh, so not only did we get that, but we also we had to film we had to do a, a sheriff's type of office scene oh, and yeah. our our actual our mayor let us use his office. So we were in the mayor's office for that scene to get the most legitimate look we could. And just the, I don't want to spoil anything with things that go on in there. Again, just more Peter being uh, energetic and enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, it made for a great scene. And that, that includes uh, Ken Slate as well. It just, again, just things that are going super well. And it was cool to actually be in the mayor's office like that for a scene to do that. Hold on. One more thing about the bar. This is a true story. You can ask Riley. We're at the fucking bar and we're shooting the scene. Right. And everyone's quiet and still. All of a sudden we look over. <laughs> There's this drunk dude who just let this is like what 11 in the morning, just like let himself in and sat down there. And the bartender's like, get the hell out of here. And he's like, no, I'm staying. It, it almost became a big scene where he almost got hurt. So, but it's just funny that there's just a town drunk walking around going into bars. That is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you know cool. that guy? No, no clue who that dude was. There oh, was okay. Four massive dudes in that bar willing to take that guy out. It was a huge yeah, mistake. <laughs> yeah, they got kind of lippy with the bartender, the owner, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Riley, what will make your Jason stand out amongst so many other fan films? And what inspired his look? And what did you end up going with? So, you know, we we actually have a really unique situation. And this is like totally because of Peter uh, when it came down to to making this look happen because we were going to go with the very, very similar to work to part four, which we, we sort of still do. Right. But it's more of a, 
it's more of an, like an undead version. We're somewhere in between four and six is what we're trying to hit. So you have that rotten flesh, but still at a human tone. Um, and you have a more damaged part for a look. And I think, you know, we brought in uh, horror costume studios who made the under mask and then KFM designs who made that hockey mask. And just, I mean, it's without it. I can't imagine it now. And that was, that was all Peter. That was all Peter's choice that made that happen. And I mean, it's a beautiful look and it definitely stands out. The undermask for sure is one of the most unique looks I've seen. And I think it'll definitely, we, we will find a way to make that shine brightly on screen. Yeah. It, it, Marcio, he's just so talented. It's, it's insane. He does work. You figure like all these years you have somebody be that level to me, the guy he's sitting there doing gymnastics, backflips and stuff, and then somehow has, has time to make the best hood you've ever seen in your life. And the cobweb on the eye. I mean, that is just that just makes it if you ask me. Now, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but Corey Kaufman came up with that design. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Corey, I didn't know Corey until did after. Yeah. 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 Uh, Marcio sponsors the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 he does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. pretty good friends with Marcio. He made me my uh, Jason Goes to Hell head that I carry around. He yeah. made the vengeance uh, underhood, uh, yes. the hood that we originally wanted. We still have one, but the, he, we always wanted that one. We just didn't have the money. And now he made it it's in the museum. You saw it. That thing yeah. is insane. It is. It looks amazing. like it's alive. Yeah, he's he's talented as hell. Okay, so Peter, what was the biggest challenge you have faced so far with this project, and what makes it different from other projects that you've worked on? Um, uh, positive challenge. I never had a role like that where you know, I, I, you know, I did vengeance where I'm a badass, which is fucking easy. So, uh, and then this role, me and Riley laugh about it all the time. He's like, you got to kind of be, you know, cocky asshole, which again, easy, but a hero way. So I've never done the hero way with it in a sense. So just the, the how how in depth my character is, my character arc, all that. Challenge wise, not to beat a dead horse, it had to be the me being hurt and still trying to do the scene because my fucking arm just wasn't working. So I couldn't really lift it the way I wanted to lift it, and I couldn't do the things I could. You could see it when I take my jacket off. So it was just like I didn't care her. I didn't care about anything. I just didn't want it to look stupid. So um, that was the biggest challenge for me, definitely. Uh. Yeah, I mean, there are things like this are always challenging when you are asking a bunch of people to come in and work on a project for free and just donate their time, take off work. It's that itself is a challenge to even ask for that. Um, and our biggest challenge so, so far is it's literally just been scheduling because of that reason, because like I don't want to take away from people's work life and, and take away money from them. Uh, so that that's definitely been the most complicated part. But when we're on set, like everyone's been in it. That no one has had issues and people seem to generally enjoy being there and now seeing how excited fans are like just getting a taste of what it's like to engage with fans at things like Scarefest, uh, it makes it all worth it. So no, no challenge is too big. Excellent. So Peter, you guys are about to launch a new Indiegogo campaign to create a more elaborate opening for your film. Can you talk about that? I'll let him take the most of it. Um, yeah, we just there's a scene that me and Riley, I mean, Riley talked, had it envisioned before I even talked to him about it, obviously. But I brought it up one day. I'm like, why don't we do this? And he's like, we already had that idea. We wanted to do this, this and this. Uh, I'll let him talk about it. And I think it would really put together because because after four, you basically think he's dead. You know, he's fucking sat on a machete on his face and it went through his brain. So I, I was always saying to Riley, how are we going to sell to the fans that he's still alive? He's like, we had this idea, but we didn't do it. Well, now with the Indiegogo, that's our dream to make it happen. And I think if we hit that number, which I think we will, it'll just take the movie to a different level. Yeah, when we because we this was literally the first thing we thought of 
was this scene before we ever wrote anything else in the script. This was it. I was like, what if this happened to establish a sequel to the final chapter? And we just kind of kept running with that. And we got to the point where we knew it was an expensive scene. Like we knew it would take our entire budget if we were to, to do that. And we would not be able to make the rest of the film. Uh, so we had to pick one and that was what we picked. We picked the rest of the film. We're now we're at a point now where even more ideas are coming up and Peter now being in the mix with that, adding to it, we're like, man, we really need to move forward with this. I don't want to spoil anything of it. Uh, but it, we, sometimes you don't want to explain too much, but this seems like one of those moments where it's, it's necessary to, to at least make some sense to fans, like why this is happening, how this is a sequel even possible. And we're already playing with fire in the first place, going back and being in the midst of the Friday the 13th timeline. Uh, so I feel like the fans deserve a scene like this. Uh, it just, it is expensive and it's something that we're even now still going to pull from our own pockets to make it happen. Uh, just needed a little help on the side from Indiegogo. And a lot of that comes back to the choice that we made to be in the 1980s, to take place in 1985 and be able to match that decade. Uh, that's where the biggest challenge is, I would say, for that scene. And then there's now we're mixing more and more stunt work into it, which you can see even the slightest stunts with like Peter can cause some major <laughs> injuries, uh, even the smallest thing. So like insurance is going to be really key for a scene like that, especially when playing with a such a massive vehicle like that, too. OK, that, <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about that. So you guys, uh, Peter, are you going to show what happened to Jason after his brutal death? Well, what appeared to be death. Yeah. So uh, without giving too much away, I think we pick up from the beginning, basically right after. And then it kind of shows how he doesn't, without getting into it, how he doesn't die and how he then is free. That's as vague as I could put it. If he wants to go deeper, the director can't. I just don't want to ruin it. Are we going to uh, get some Halloween H2O vibes up in here? Halloween H2O. I don't need so much. Uh, I, I can tell you, you'll get vibes from something i'm just not going to tell you <laughs> what that movie is <laughs> you'll, you'll get, you will be able to probably relate it uh closely to two different scenes from two different classic horror films uh so yeah it's there we it will we'll explain it we'll explain why he survives uh but it'll be done in a way where it's still jason and we're not going to add some like huge origin story to make it possible like you know, we're not as much as I love Jason goes to hell. I'm not going to bring in the Necronomicon to explain it. Right. Like it's going to be something a little more, a little more supernatural, a little more mysterious than that, but still able to keep up with. Awesome. So, Peter, in order for you to create the proper atmosphere and setting to pick up where part four left off, what in terms of props, vehicles and locations will you be utilizing? Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Props, really nothing. Uh, vehicle, there's a vehicle for sure. Uh, he'd have to take it from there. I think he's trying to keep it under wraps, so I don't, I don't want to steal the big guy's thunder. Well, here's the thing with this Indiegogo, because we're already going to talk about this anyway. This isn't like a spoiler in a way. We, we're doing a scene that involves an ambulance, and we'll, in, well, like I said, we, it's picking up there. You can kind of put some pieces of that puzzle together here, that there's an ambulance we're picking up from part four, you know, these things are happening. But on top of that, we're also bringing in roles. It's a way to open a door for fans as well, because not, we'll also be opening. We'll have, we already have an ambulance driver locked, but we have two EMT roles and a police officer role that are involved in that scene as well. That will be available in the Indiegogo. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, we're, it's, it's, we're creating atmosphere. <laughs> It'll, um, yeah, you know, I, I wish I, I wish I could give you more details. There's an ambulance. It'll be, Dawn. And now that he said that, you understand the cost. So try to find a 1985 ambulance to rent and get insurance on is fucking a lot of money. 
So that that that's the goal there. But uh, I mean, I wish I was at I won't be on set for that scene. Oh, man, I'd be in the corner <laughs> masturbating during that scene. I, that, that's going to that's going to do the scene. I don't care about the fight scene. I mean, the ambulance with Jason Oh, for a fan film that that's just going to be sick. I can't wait. It's yeah, just this. Uh, how excited Peter is, how excited all of us were, which is why we which is why we said, you know, we sat down and talked about it. It was like, if we're going to do it, we need to do it right. We can't just half ass this scene. Otherwise, it's a waste of our time, which is why we made because we did not want to do another campaign just because we want to get the fucking film done, man. No one else wants to dish out money on the thing. But it's like if we do this scene, it will make the film better. And I think fans are really appreciate it as well. And we had we made it really clear when we announced the Indiegogo is that, hey, this is no harm, no foul. If we don't make the money for the scene, we just simply don't make the scene. And then the film goes on as the way it was originally planned. But if we do make the money, we make a way cooler scene, a way cooler opening. And you get more context to why this film is even possible in the first place. Right. And I think we'll get it. I mean, we're giving away. What is it? Three, three spots, right? Three. Yeah. Three different roles and a voice role. Uh, so three different roles. But I believe drivers already given away. We can't say who we will Two two EMTs uh, and one police officer. Correct. Yes. So I don't know if we wanted to say that, but too late. Um, and then a voice role and then the names of the characters. So a lot of things we're going to have the fans interact on uh, to be a part of that scene forever, which I, I like I said, I don't think a fan film could ever touch that or come near that again. It just doesn't fit in any other timeline except this one. So uh, we're excited about it. We're excited. And you could basically see a lot of brutality going on with Jason in that small little atmosphere. OK, so last question Riley, what is the current production schedule look like for this film? And when can we expect the long awaited release of the fall of Camp Blood? So it's hectic. It's it's a hectic time right now, uh, especially with a lot of our cast and crew being so young. Uh, we're taking a huge chunk of it during Thanksgiving, actually. So once again, we're making uh, we're asking for people to take some huge sacrifices, uh, take some time away from their family during that time and finish wrapping on the film. Uh, so that'll be that chunk other than that ambulance scene will be completely done by Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we'll then go into in December. We will we will finish the ambulance scene. We're expecting to shoot then. And that would be it. We'll be completely done shooting. And then we just had a picture lock in and had to send it off to CJ Johnson to score. We are still shooting for March 13th. I don't want to like say thousand percent is going to happen. We're like 99.9% sure March 13th, 2020 is when we want to get it out. And we want Blu-rays to be out before then as well. Hell yeah. If that old guy, if that old guy didn't get hurt, it would have definitely been. <laughs> 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 Hell yes. yeah. You know, like it, March 13th was a lot more realistic, uh, you know, one before Peter was hurt, but that's not so much the issue. It's now you're adding a whole other a 10 to 15 page scene to be shot and edited and put into the film that's being shot as late as December. So uh, it, it, there's like a risk there is why I don't want to say a thousand percent, but I still think it's very much plausible and that we could pull that off. Awesome. So uh, a little bit post interview stuff, Peter, what are you working on now, man, after this? Whew. So, um, well, I, I don't think I'm in a scene, but the I backed um, uh, Adam Marcus's documentary. I think next before it ends, I got the Freddy Glove one, which is what three hundred fifty dollar one. Yes, I think before it ends, you got to remember, I, I was out nine weeks. I only got paid shit for nine weeks with a baby and a, and a girlfriend and by myself. So my money went down the hill. So, but I think before it ends, I can upgrade that to the five hundred dollar, which I think I'm in the movie. Right. Associate so, producer. Um, that, that, that'd be one uh, or in the, in the documentary. I mean, uh, that one, two, I just signed on with a new never, uh, the never, um, I'm sorry, nightmare on Elm street. 
Uh, Never sleep again or up all night? Up all night. Up all night. Up all night. Just got signed for that, so I have a part with that. Uh, I still have the volumes of blood coming up. I still have to finish this one with the fall of Camp Blood. I have another one in my town. Uh, it's on my IMDb, but the guy had held it back for me, thank God, because I got hurt. Um, and then, well, I don't want to steal the thunder of this show, but me and Jason Brooks are going to work on something that we're going to release soon. I think I told you earlier. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be good. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I did the clown makeup for uh, my son's birthday party. Yeah. And I had amazing feedback like on Facebook Messenger and everything. And everyone's like, why don't you do something with the clown? Because it fits you. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're insane. So, so uh, I'm like, yeah, maybe. So then I, I had this whole idea in my head. I called Jason Brooks and um, we're going to start ironing stuff out. As It's going to be a while. We're not even going to release anything or do any fun starting uh, fundraising till like six months, nine months down the road. But that, I think that that'll be my first one. That is just me and him. So just directing, writing all that. So I'm looking forward to that also. But what is, what is the big guy doing? Uh, I would say you get a lot more going on than me. I, uh, <laughs> keeping it in one project at a time right here. I really, um, so we have some like documentary stuff that I don't want to announce that we're really, really looking into. Uh, one of which doesn't relate to horror so much at all. But again, I don't, I don't want to say anything about it. Uh, but now, I mean, since we're so, we still do YouTube full time. That's like our main gig right now. And as things are moving forward with, as with Halloween and that, that's still going to be our same, same gig. We'll be right here with TJ <laughs> all the time. Making podcasts, entertaining horror community. Yep. Hey, what did you guys think of haunt haunt the movie? Yeah. I have not seen it. It's incredible. Oh man, it was it's great. Incredible. You got to see it, man. Right. Riley, what'd you, what'd you think? I mean, um, TJ, what'd you think? Love it. Uh, Damien Malfi as the devil. Fucking perfect yep. casting. Perfect. It's, it's incredible. Perfect. The, the masks under the masks are terrifying. Oh, terrifying. They're worse than the masks. They are. It, it is insane. Yeah. And the special effects dude, the hammer kill, the fucking hammer yeah. kill. And the, the, the intensity, there's never like a, a low point of the movie where you think you can breathe. It's constantly down your throat. Yes. I, I, I thought it was for like, a, no one even knew about that film. All of right? a sudden it's released. Yeah. It, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. See, everything you just said is what I keep hearing consistently from reviews. So I need to see it. I just have same cinematographer it. <laughs> as Strangers Pray at Watch Night. So it looks beautiful. It, it, it looks beautiful. Yes. And, and, and my biggest thing in movies, I always say this all the time. It's very, very, very hard. It's a skill set to make a dark scene well lit mm-hmm. so that you actually see the people's faces and their reactions. And that movie nailed that 100 percent the whole time. And you were scared the whole time and you didn't know where the yeah. story was going. You know, a lot of horror movies are predictable. This one wasn't at all. So I loved that. I thought it was such a refreshing thing, especially from somewhere you didn't expect to come from. It takes that movie Hellfest and turns it up to 11. Oh, 11. Yeah. Right. Hellfest was more cookie cutter. You kind of knew what was happening. Yeah. This one, you don't. Yeah. It's good. Mm. Uh, have you guys seen, uh, you guys have Shudder? Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Furies. It's not I, right. I'm going to watch it tonight. We'll watch Dude, it tonight. it's so fucking incredible. The, <laughs> I don't want to take it like away or anything, <laughs> but there's a remo- like a face removal scene. Like a slow oh. face removal. It's insane. <laughs> it's I watched, you know, I watched last night Crawl. And okay. it's different than I thought it would be, but it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crawl's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the violence of the of the crocodiles was amazing. Yeah. It was like Jaws, you know? Who produced that? Some a bit Evil Dead producers, right? Sam Raimi? What, did he? I don't know. I think, they, I think Sam Raimi did it. I think he was the producer on that film. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. You, you probably know better than me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but thank you guys uh, for joining the Goremore podcast. And uh, those of you watching live, I'm sorry if the internet shit out. It's, it is raining outside. And that cable out there is just swinging away. So 
I'm sure that <laughs> fucking internet dipped down a couple times. But <laughs> Peter and Riley, thank you for coming on. Hey, thank You're you so welcome. much for having thank us. You. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you guys can find the audio-only version of this podcast premiering this Friday. Head on over to the Fall of Camp Blood Facebook fan group page. You'll be able to find it there. And of course, on dobackdiscussion.net, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. That is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, signing off.